Ben, I am in a very good mood right now. At the time of recording this, like three hours ago, that trailer dropped. The trailer that you thought had already dropped. The trailer of all trailers. The Kenobi trailer, Ben. You're not a Star Wars fan. You've watched it, though, the trailer. Yeah, I've watched it, and it's coming up in trailer talk later in the podcast. I'm so excited to talk about that. That's why I'm in a good mood. I'm really having a good mood. Uh, this is the RTE Film Podcast. Hello, thanks for listening. That's Ben Heath. I'm Jacob Dyer. And we just are two mates. We have a bit of a chinwag about what we've been watching and review some stuff. It's quite chilled. Mm. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. Coming up on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about the brand new Batman film, which I haven't seen yet, Ben. So please tell me it's non-spoiler. Yeah, it's non-spoiler. Good, good, good. We've got some news to talk about. The Dropout, Ben's been watching that. Trailer Talk and The Witch Finder as well. But first, Ben, what have you been watching this week? So, like every man, human, lady on the planet, I am in love with a certain person called Stanley Tucci, who was voted the hottest bald man in the world quite recently. Um, And anyway, he's got a new documentary series that's out on BBC iPlayer in the UK called Searching for Italy. And it's just six episodes of him going round Italy, eating food. I mean, Italy, not that I've ever been, but like all my favourite foods are Italian. Pizza, oh, lasagna, oh, spag bowl, oh. So it's not... hungry. I was eating pasta when I watched one of the episodes earlier. Did it make the episode even better? No, and it made my pasta worse. Um, But no. It's shit pasta compared to that. So I I cook and eat genuinely Italian food. It's, I think, the best cuisine in the world to eat if you're veggie. Um, Right. It's the one that's easiest. I've also been to Italy, I've been to Naples, which is where they do the first episode. Um, it's one of my favourite countries, I love the people, so it's I'm fascinated on that level. Um, yeah, oh, it's good. It's, it's kind of it's like comfort. It's making me hungry, Ben. It, it makes me hungry, it's comfort viewing. Right, we like a good comfort show, don't we? I know, and... I watched that, and then I went out to go and watch the football. I watched Real Madrid whack PSG earlier tonight, and then I got Did back. Did you watch it in the pub? I assume you didn't go to the actual match. Uh, yeah, I watched it in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Then I got home. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. I got home, got back in bed, watched Stanley Tucci a bit more, and then recording this. Quite nice night. Lovely, lovely. I, um, I, I say... I watch it on YouTube, right? But obviously, it is a podcast. The Diary of a CEO it is the podcast. It's like the number one podcast in the country at the minute, hosted by Stephen Bartlett from Dragon's Den. And he just has guests on and they talk about their life and their decisions. Um, but this so, is you know, what. Okay. As someone who's heard of this podcast, but for <laughs> never listened to it, they had Molly May from Love Island, someone. Who literally... She's a, she's a CEO. She's got her own business. Okay. And they had Matt Hancock, someone who famously isn't a CEO. Famously had a boss who sacked him because he had an affair. 
Uh, Boris said it was all right, actually. Yeah, well, like, yeah, don't worry about. It. As far as uh, you know, as far as my, uh, I'm concerned, you know, it's all, all water under the bridge. Me and my chair. Well, when it go- comes to affairs, Boris Johnson is not exactly the moral high <laughs> no. ground on that. He famously paid one of his affairs with UK tax money. I think it's it. Def- reading the comments, it definitely used to be more niche businessmen and women, uh, but now it is more like it's doing so well. It's about people that have been in a position of power, people who had to make decisions. For example, Roman Kemp, who I have always looked up to as a like inspiration for me in my presenting, he was on it this week, chatting about his life, his because he's got famous parents, how he basically got to the position he's in now. He, they had a massive chat about mental health. And it's just really interesting. But that Matt Hancock one was quite... I just love how Matt Hancock is trying to revive his career. I think so, it's quite comical. A couple of things about... So the thing that made me laugh, and you would not have picked up on this... I'm assuming you didn't see this, Jacob, because you're not as into politics as I am. Um, right. But it was when they were doing that huge thing about l- dropping all of the lockdown restrictions... And saying you don't even have to self-isolate if you catch the virus. And Matt Hancock, he's in Parliament, and he gives up a speech. And he's like, oh, it's all about personal responsibility now. And I'm like, personal responsibility. Did you see here in the podcast, he was like, no, it technically wasn't the law. It was just personal responsibility. Yeah, but Matt Hancock talking about... Stephen Bartlett said, Stephen Bartlett was like, so you had casual sex. He was like, no, it wasn't casual. I fell in love. No, but like you can't blame me for falling in love. On a general note, Matt Hancock talking about personal responsibility is the biggest um hypocritical note of all time. He's someone who famously broke laws he made to have an affair. Like what? Like you sent me are you going to listen to this and I when it came out and I did say no, I'm not interested in Matt Hancock trying to revive his political career, which I stand by. Um, but I just, firstly, I like Stephen Bartlett. You like him? I love him. He's good you on know Dragons. I love him. He's good on Dragons Den. The half yeah, an hour. Yeah, he doesn't get sacked. Yeah, I. He may. He's. I think it's just a warning for his breaking of. I think he's job. safe. Yeah, I don't think you'll get the Apprentice gig. I think that will go to Tim Campbell. Who's that? The current male inspector uh, helper. I think it's going to go to Deborah Meaden. I reckon it will go to someone already on the Apprentice team. I don't think BBC... That's partly why they brought in a new inspector. Well, Claude had his operation and tim campbell famously won the first season of the apprentice so that's why he came in and i think he's quite liked by the fan base now um but do you not think jacob with diary of a ceo that i've looked at who the guests have been this year and i've kind of found them not interesting or impressive people like, I would be more interested if they were random CEOs or people... See, you need to go back to the older episodes if you're interested in that. Yeah, that's what... It did used to be quite a niche indie podcast. Yeah, and I think that's... So, 
I would say this about anyone who's become famous off Love Island. They have legit they have legitimately slapped their way to fame. Um They are riding Probably on the fight. Doesn't think so. Yeah, well she's she's riding anyone who's on Love Island is riding off the fact that they're straight, firstly. They're good looking secondly. And thirdly, that um normally, more often than not, they're white. Um let's not cool, like she works hard. All influencers work hard, but let's not argue that her looks have not been... She wouldn't be where she was now without Love Island. Yeah, and she would not be on Love Island if she was not an attractive straight white woman. I don't know about the white thing. Particularly back then, there are certain questions to be had about how that show interacted with race. Um, I agree. I agree. Um, ben, we briefly mentioned The Apprentice. Are you up to date? I am up to date. Oh, I can't. Oh, it's been good, isn't it? I was if you so said sad. on the podcast last week, you think Akshay's going to win. Yeah, that was that statement lasted long. Akshay, I <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> I was watching last week's final, and I went. I was watching it about halfway from when Akshay's going, and Lord Sugar's going to do one of those. Stay in touch. I'll give you my business card. Yeah, Lord Sugar did like actually. Yeah. Also, did you watch The Apprentice? You're fired. Yes. Tom Hallen was properly hitting on actually. I know. He was so into him. I think actually was hitting back. Do you? Yeah. I think. Mm. But also, I think actually was just having a laugh. Mm. I'm just. But, go on. Me and my mates are saying. Next season of The Apprentice. Do you want to see The Apprentice All-Stars? I feel like that needs to happen for Lord Sugar's final year. And I'm just saying Lord Sugar's 80. Is he? Well, he's nearly 80. He looks great. He can't be that far off it. (laughs) Ben, if he's 80... He looks bloody good for his age. I'm looking this up right now, and I can see you're doing the same as well. How old is Alan? Sh- he's 74. Okay, he's nearly 80. He does look bloody good. Okay, he's still quite an old man. In uh, yeah, isn't the average like death age 73 or something? I think it's 78, but he's still knocking right. on those doors. Um, not to be rude, he's great. Um, also. Maybe if you're the BBC, slightly move him on quite quickly. He is a lawsuit ready to happen. Or he's... Really? Well, do you get the feeling he's won? Look, would it surprise you if a massive scandal came out about him? No. Like, would it surprise you if a female person on that set said... He touches me weirdly. It really wouldn't. And I know this isn't something to laugh about, but it's just like, you can, he does give off those vibes, doesn't he? Yeah, he's slightly out of touch on an all-serious note. He is, um, yeah, and I think on an all-serious note, he also did tweet, Akshay, Aaron and Akeem 
I can't get them. I kept on getting them muddled up the other week, and I was like... <laughs> that is not appropriate, is it? No, I was like, well, we all know that why that was, Mr. Sugar. But no, he's like everyone's granddad. He's old, a little bit racist, and doesn't and probably a little bit sexist, and maybe it's time for some flesh blood in that chat. I think it should be Deborah Meaden. Yep, um, I think Tim Campbell would be brilliant. And then you get... I think there's a lot or, of potential or, you know who would be great? Claude. Now he's had like he's, his... had, he's getting on a bit, though, like Lord Sugar. Yeah, but now he's had his hit. He's also... The one thing about Claude is he's also a little bit more politically correct. <laughs> well, who is the guy that did it before Claude, though? Because Claude hasn't even been there that long. Nick Hewitt, the old Countdown host. Yeah, is he still with us? Well, he stopped presenting Countdown because he's too old, so I think him doing The hmm. Apprentice would be a bold move. Yeah, it would. It would. No, but the, also, who would you want on an Apprentice All-Star season? Um, Ryan Mark. Really? Yeah, he would be on the. He'd be on there though, wouldn't he? Yeah, because he's fame hungry and a tabloid journalist. Um. Yeah, I reckon I'd want Thomas on there as well. Yep, you'd want Thomas from last season. It's easier to fill out a boys' lineup than it is a girls', I'd say. I think Akshay from this season or Nick, one of Akshay or Nick, you'd get back from or this Nick. year. Catherine from this season. Yep, I think Amy from. No, she wasn't called Amy. What was the American? Oh, I didn't like her. I think she... I think she would come... She, you'd get her. Um, Camilla, I thought she... F- about five or six. Who was the... Katie f- Hopkins? Nope. Who was... <laughs> the B- She'd be on it, though. Or I don't know if she's like BBC would want her. Uh, Samira... Uh, Ahmed? Who was... I think that's her name. Yeah, I think I know who you're on about. The little woman's person who was... Yeah, Samira Ahmed, who's on Little Women, uh, L- Loose Women. Um, she also hosts yeah. Newswatch. And she was on the first Apprentice season. You could get her back. Um, it's also whether all these the f- people would want to do it. Elizabeth, the florist. I reckon she'd be back in a heartbeat. She'd be on it. She'd be on it. Who's the guy from, I want to say, five years ago that was like... I'm your boss, listen to me, I am your boss. And the guy was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're my team project manager, you're not my boss. It's that just, TikTok clip. I think it's, I think The Apprentice, look, all I'm saying is we've had RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the world. It's time for The Apprentice All-Stars. And we could literally talk about the Apprentice all day, Ben. Like, what is the... How far are we into this podcast? We're we only are 15... 15 minutes in. That's less far than we were last week when we finished Apprentice chat. Yeah, true. But I want to hear about Batman. Batman. Let's go, Ben. You saw it. What were your initial thoughts? Does it live up to all this hype? Yes. Wow. That is something that you rarely say. Yep, so this is the latest Batman film, based off Batman, the character from the DC comics. Um, It's directed by Matt... Batman! 
I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has watched a Batman film, so I don't need to explain who he is. This one's directed by Matt Reeves, who um, made the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes films, and that latest trilogy, I think he's probably the best modern blockbuster maker. Um, his films are interesting and different. This Batman film takes a darker, more film noir style route. We see Batman, um, and really it's a Batman film. It's not a Bruce Wayne film. I would say about two and a half of the three hour runtime we interact with Batman, not Bruce Wayne. We see him in year two um, of his adventures through the Gotham underworld. Um, and he's really dealing with, fascinatingly, He's dealing with kind of blue-collar blue crime, um, like robbers and muggers. And then you have the Riddler, who comes in, played by Paul Dano, who starts investing... I invest love the Riddler as a character. This is a very interesting take on the Riddler, where you is have... Is it anything like the Gotham Riddler that was in the TV show? Do you know? I've not watched Gotham, so I can't right. comment on the... Um, so here it's fascinating because you have, he's kind of looking into the conspiracy of how all Gotham and higher up people are all related. But you have him as more, it's almost a more jokery take on the character. He's like a... Mm, that's quite it's, interesting. It's a kind of, how do I say this without getting myself into a lot of trouble? It's a more far-right far conspiracy nutjob who spends too much time on Facebook and only listens to Fox News type of character. He's like a loner. He's one of those people who you wouldn't yeah, no, be that's shocked. What he's like in Gotham in the TV show, but what in the, the, the TV show, it actually makes you feel really sorry for the Riddler. Like, I... He's... Gotham, you know, you know what it is. The premise of it mm. is all these characters before they become the villains, basically. Or Bruce Wayne as a kid, etc. Um... But the Riddler, you feel so sorry for him. I don't know if that comes across in the film or anything, but I'm sure if I was to watch this, having seen the backstory on the TV show Gotham, I'll feel for him. Yeah, so obviously it's different iterations of the character. Yeah. Um, but I think, Paul, I do... One of the things I think is really interesting about this is you have Batman, played by Robert Pattinson, you have Catwoman, played by Zoe Kravitz, and you have the Riddler, played by Paul Dano. And you can draw almost like a triangle between those three. They all have certain things in common, and they all work. Which, tying the similarities between the Batman and the Riddler, and to Catwoman, makes it fascinating the I was having this debate with my dad by the way is Catwoman good or bad she's somewhere in between so right because I was like oh I love Catwoman because in Gotham she's quite good right mm, bit yeah. of a grey area more like vigilante-esque but she's good so's the Batman like, no she's a baddie I mean the Batman's not a goodie like if yeah, we're being he's like an anti-hero isn't he if we're being really objective about this the Batman is a billionaire who goes out and ki and hurts and poor people who are doing crime to survive instead of maybe using his money to fix Gotham. Like, let's be really honest about this version of Bruce Wayne. He's not a particularly moral guy. 
The difference between Batman and Catwoman is Catwoman will kill people and Batman stops before that line. Um, that's where that moral difference happens, which is why Catwoman's easy to be seen as a baddie. Um, they get on though, don't they? In this one, there's a whole romance between them, even though that's, for me, one of the elements that works less well, because I didn't... Every film's got to have a romance, Ben. I don't think... The problem is, I don't think you see enough of Bruce Wayne. It's all, like... I I didn't see any chemistry, and I think that's because of the way this Batman was portrayed as hurt. Not because... When they kissed in the screening, I didn't think it was great for the character motivations of moving. There were some assholes in my screening booing, and I'm pretty sure they were booing because Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravats are not the same race. That's not why these characters do not work. There's a romance in my opinion. How did Robert Pattinson do? I think he's the best Batman, and I think this wow. film does the best Batman. I do not think he's the best Bruce Wayne, if you get okay. what I mean. How was his American accent better than mine? Yeah, I didn't see any faults in it. Um, I think Rob Pattinson is a brilliant actor. He's shown himself in films like Good Times to be phenomenal and The Lighthouse to be phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think that the Brits are really coming through at the minute with all their... Um, superhero stuff in it tom holland spider-man robert pattinson batman uh, batman batman bandit cumberbatch doctor strange yes there's more karen gillens in the guardians of the galaxy films benedict cumberbatch's penis mm. yep we even not we didn't talk about that last week no we didn't <laughs> just wait hey ben, for... you look you Just, love the new Batman, right? It's would you recommend anyone to go watch it? Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Um I will say this, I'm excited for a new trilogy of Matt Reeves right. films. But afterwards, can we make Batman fun? Batman's for kids. Like this film I don't think you could take kids to see. But I remember watching Batman as like an seven year old, eight year old. Like, not saying I want it to be a Marvel film. But can we not have... An... I like how it's a bit darker. I like darkness. I think the Marvel films are always too light. And that's what I like about Batman. But can it not be so grim? Like, I think there's a Mate, happy middle ground. That is fucking grim. And I think this Batman's nearly up there. But I think wow. there's a happy middle ground to be had. Where you can have Batman for ki- that kids can watch. Which I don't Maybe think we've had. Like I don't think we've had that. Star Wars films. Yeah. Batman should be four quadrant entertainment. You should be able to watch it with your whole family. And also, ever since Tim the 90s, with the exception of the terrible Joel Schumacher 2 films, Batman's been going progressively darker. Let's see a bit more lighter. Let's have a bit more fun. Let's do something different. We've seen Dark Batman. I don't think there's much further to go down this route. I mean, I just, I just really want to go watch this film, man. I really do. Um, we got some more DC. It's really talk good. This week. 
DC, they've moved around some of their films, haven't they? Uh, Aquaman and The Flash have been pushed back, and Shazam 2's been moved forward. Yep, so this has come out quite recently, so I'm not entirely sure of the dates things were and when they're moving to. But, The Flash, which was meant to come out this summer, is coming out next summer. Wow. And Aquaman, which was meant to be coming out this December, is coming out next December. And Shazam 2, which was meant to be coming out next summer, is coming out this December. So basically, Aquaman and The Flash have been moved back. Shazam is coming up forward. Which actually makes sense if you take into account when they filmed all of these things. What else has happened in the news this week, Ben? Um, well, not something that we've got written down here, but I've just been sent it. So, Jack Quaid, Aldrin Ehrenreich and Dane DeHaan have just joined Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer film. They're joining a stacked cast that includes Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, Benny Safdie, Josh Hartnett, and it's directed by Christopher Nolan. So, we've got some more casting on that one. Um, in a cast list that seems to be getting more and more stacked by the day. I can't wait. I think with Oppenheimer, if you are assembling a cast that is... Oh, and Josh Peck has also just joined the cast. But if you can get a cast that that's good, Christopher Nolan's script must be amazing. And I cannot wait to see him do a biopic. And also Oppenheimer is a fascinating uh, figure from the 50s. I've studied him a bit in history. The stakes are high, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, look, Christopher Nolan is a director who crashed a plane into a building for his last film. And considering he's doing a movie about the guy who created the atomic bomb, a small part of me is slightly terrified he's going to, you know, set off an atomic bomb for this film. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> wouldn't be beyond the realms of Christopher Nolan. <laughs> but no, I'm really excited for that one if it's a return of Christopher Nolan of films that don't make your head hurt. Um, that's always a good thing. Mm, I like to not be hurting. Anything else in the news this week, Ben? So, Ariana DeBose, um, who's about to win her Oscar for West Side Story. I don't think that's in doubt. Um, she's joined a new Craven the Hunter film in an unforeseen role. Don't know enough about Marvel to comment on this, but I adore Ariana DeBose. And West Side Story, which is on Disney+, Plus. go and watch it. You'll see how amazing Ariana DeBose is as Anita. Um, and also, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's follow-up to Fleabag. Her next show, we don't know much about it, but it's filming at the end of the year and it's coming to Amazon. And anything with Phoebe Waller Bridge, I'm excited. Amazing. Now, Ben, um, this week, man, we've got some massive stuff like the, the Witchfinder, I've heard of, Batman, obviously, I've heard of. Haven't heard about this, though, the dropout. Talk to me, what is the premise of this? Is it a TV show? Is it a film? So. It's an eight-part TV series that's available in Hulu in the US and on Disney Plus in the UK. Disney Plus or Star on Disney Plus? Star on Disney Plus. Um, otherwise, why would I watch it? 
so weird, isn't it? Why have they called it Star? It just seems a bit odd. Anyway. It's because Star is a more global round in parts of Southeast Asia. And my friend's from there and he told me that. So, anyway, this is about CEO Elizabeth Holmes, um, who was founder of a company called Theranos. And she was in 2015 the youngest female billionaire in the world. She needs to go on the Diary of a CEO podcast. Yeah, until it was found out her whole business was a fraud um, and she had been conning investors out of millions of pounds and she's now in jail. She's being played here by Amanda Seyfried and it's based off the ABC podcast of the same name, which I'm currently listening to because it's it's weekly drops and I can't deal with that. I need to know about the story, so I've went to the podcast. Um. Firstly, this story is fascinating, um, which makes the limited series fascinating. You have Amanda Seyfried, who's brilliant as Elizabeth Holmes, and um, Elizabeth Merriweather, the head writer. Um, she she plays into the skewed moral failures of Elizabeth Holmes. Um, I think what this show does really well is it doesn't hide the grand scope of the crimes. Um, In actual fact, it kind of highlights that a bit more than lots of these shows, like Inventing Anna, which stormed Netflix recently. It doesn't go easy on Elizabeth Holmes. Actually, her portrayal, she comes across as a fucking sociopath, which she is. You never... It never glorifies her actions... You become impressed with the scale of the fraud and the implausibility of how she pulled it off for as long as she did, while never going, well, you're a nice person. Um, Which is why I think it's brilliant. I can't wait to see what the other six episodes do. I can't wait to finish the podcast to hear about her downfall, and then I can watch the show with background knowledge. Um, and also Jennifer Lawrence is about to play Elizabeth Holmes in a film by Adam McKay. So I can't wait for the comparison. So yeah, must watch. That that sounds great, man. I want to watch that. Do it. It's, well, it's only I, feel like like, I feel like I'd actually really enjoy that. Yeah, do it. It's only two hours of your time. Okay, Ben. I, I can't, can't talk about that. Like, <laughs> this is the bit. I want to talk about the start. You wouldn't let me. Let's talk about it, right? Yep, let's talk about it. And I can go on my phone and send a couple of messages now because I feel like you'll have a lot to say. It's like role reversal, isn't it? It's like, oh my God. So I've been waiting so long for this trailer to drop for Kenobi, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I am, wow, man, wow. That trailer looked absolutely incredible. Uh, the idea of the, the Star Wars premise, right, of everyone's stories that on Tatooine, no one knew he was there. So this is going to be really interesting how they play this. Is he going to go off world? I love that we're finally going to see the Inquisitors in live action, right? So a lot of casual Star Wars fans won't know that Darth Vader had a team of fallen Jedi working for him who uh, went and hunted down the remaining Jedi. Um, I'm not too sure with how the Grand Inquisitor looks in live action compared to his appearance in Rebels. Uh, I really hope they don't do the whole flying lightsaber thing as well, because that was very comic-y. Um, I don't know if you saw that in Rebels, but 
well bad Annie. <laughs> um, but no, it just I'm absolutely ecstatic. I think Ewan McGregor is fantastic. We know Hayden Christian is going to be in the show, but we didn't see him in the trailer. Which I think is a good thing. You don't want to put all your eggs in the trailer. It's just made me even more excited for the show because there's all this going on that I didn't know would be covered, right? Mm. So I'm glad you got more out of the trailer than I did. Yeah, what did you get out of the trailer? Nothing. (laughs) You thought it just looked like some Star Wars crap. I wouldn't say crap. I thought it looked like Star Wars. Right. Are you going to watch the show? Well, I'm not sure I'm in the country for when a large chunk of it comes out, so probably no. You'll watch the first episode. Yeah, I'll be here for the first couple. Um, I think Ewan McGregor wouldn't make this show if it wasn't good. I don't feel like he would either. He's, I think he's a great actor. I agree. I think he's one of our country's finest. I agree. Up there with Robert Pattinson, in my opinion. Mm. I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. Ah. I can't not. <laughs> I know that. I can't, can't talk about Benedict Cumberbatch without just talking about his penis. <laughs> um, ben, I could but, talk about Star Wars all day. But I know thing, you like the, the thing I was just going to say, the thing about Obi-Wan, though, it's got to be good, because... The stakes are so fucking high. It's not like The Mandalorian, or even the book of Boba Fett, where the expectations weren't immensely high. Mm. This is major. Yeah, and on a... So, obviously, The Mandalorian has been a runaway success. Mm-hmm. But, if we take a step back at live-action Star Wars... The last two films made a lot of money, but weren't particularly popular. The Book of Boba Fett wasn't particularly popular, and actually wasn't watched that much. Was it not? Its viewing figures looked bad, so... I can't see that getting another series. That's not going to. So, um, Obi-Wan really needs to be good, otherwise... Star Wars and live actions looking more and more fucked. Like I said, the stakes have never been higher, have they, Ben? Mm. I think, I'm going to be honest, I think the stakes higher for this than the Lord of the Rings series. Yeah, because Jeff Bezos is the Lord of the Rings, as I'm going to call it from now on. Um, you spent hundreds of million pounds on this show. Yeah, but, like... I think the stakes are high for both. I'm not sure what's going to happen to Obi-Wan if it flops, though. I will cry. I really will, because I... Oh, I just... Oh, I hope it works. Mm. That said, it's going to have massive viewership for at least the first week. Massive, man. Mm. It's going to be huge. I'm so excited. Uh, Ben, you loved the first season of Bridgerton, right? I did. I watched it with my mum until people started having a lot of sex, and then I stopped watching it with my mum, and we both watched it separately. <laughs> <laughs> did you have the conversation of, 
I think we should now watch the podcast separately or no, watch the podcast, watch the show separately. Or did you both just like take the hint? So weirdly, me and my mum have quite an open relationship. That we- sound the interpretation very, very wrong. Not really. I mean, well, definition of an Yeah, like me and my mum shag, but it's okay. Like we can, we shag other people as well. Like we're both cool with it. It's you, totally cool. <laughs> me and my mum, we often talk about serious yes. kissing. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, always have, always. I wa- I, I don't have that kind of relationship with my parents. I've watched lots of sex scenes with my parents. I don't find it awkward to talk or watch um but there was something about bridgerton that we both went yeah let's let's not um Um, (laughs) not sure it was the first thing that we ever both looked each other went no we we came back together for the final episode but it was just the episode that was full of sex that we didn't watch together um what does the trailer for series two look like? It looks brilliant. Does it look like you're gonna watch it with your mum? No, because I I lived with my mum when season one oh. came out. I don't live with her anymore. Yeah, but, um, it's quite a messy breakup in your open relationships. So. Yeah, no, um, it was dark. I don't see her anymore. Um, you started shagging your twin brother. <laughs> Pen's face. Pen's face. <laughs> that's gold that's absolute gold I'm not even going to dignify that that's so disgusting um, I'm joking I, I love that you are open with your mum with these kind of things I think it's great but Bridgerton season 2 are you looking forward to it though? oh it looks brilliant I can't I act, I'm on holiday that week but I legitimately right. cannot wait for Bridgerton to come out. Oh, I'm so excited. It's also, that's going to be huge. Is it? Yeah, well, the first season was Netflix's most watched show of all time until Squid Game. But um, the first season was massive, so I can only assume season two will be massive. Let's hope. <laughs> I don't just... <laughs> can you, like... Stir this podcast back on track a bit because I would just make more jokes, and that's probably not what's best. Uh, also, out this week, Bullet Train. Yeah, uh, so this is going to be the new film by David Leach, who directed Deadpool and John Wick and Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. Um, wow, big, big, big films there. Yeah, um, this film stars Brad Pitt. Wow. And Zazie Beats and Brian Terry Henry and Zoe. Who's the girl from the Kissing Booth films? She's in this one. Um, yeah. What, the main girl? Yeah. And she was good in that. Mm. I feel like this will be a big break. And it seems to be one of those. Like, I've watched them all, but it is shit. It's the definition of trashy, like. TV. Oh, those films are terrible. Like. They are shit. <laughs> no, there's nothing. There's nothing good about them. Um, but um, you know, this film is an action film set on a bullet train. Surprise, surprise. The trailer looked fun. 
Like, right. it looks like a wild ride. Um, What's going on? Where's Brad Pitt punching people along a bullet train trying to find some money? It feels like the type of film Liam Neeson would make. Um, right. The old man action film is a genre that's becoming more and more popular. Uh, first Neeson. And then we now have Keanu Reeves doing it. After Keanu... Bob Odenkirk did one in Nobody, and now Brad Pitt, who feels very natural for this kind of role. It seems funny. I'm excited. Also, the fact they use Japanese cover of Staying Alive, brilliant, genius. Ben, and finally, Witchfinder, you watched that this week. What were your thoughts on that? Hang on, sorry. Sorry, before we end that, you keep talking about Liam Neeson, right? Hmm? He's quite gone. In Star Wars, Qui-Gon Jinn? He's in... I think he's in a Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, he's from Qui-Gon Jinn in Star Wars Phantom Menace. Yeah, he's also in... He's to be in Obi-Wan, like his voice. Mm. He was also in Taken and Love Actually and Schindler's List. I love him. I love how that's the order I went. (laughs) (laughs) Says something with that, doesn't it? I mean, it's also quite impressive I didn't go Love Actually first. Yeah, it is. You love that. I love a (laughs) rom-com. Yeah. That's your favourite genre, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the purest genre in cinema. Right, let's talk about The Witchfinder. (laughs) This just makes me sad. I've not seen a comedy with so much wasted potential in so long. There was that silence there, Ben. I thought, you just went quiet. I thought, shit, is Ben mad at me? Did I overstep the joke about his mum? And my heart dropped. I felt like you were, I'd actually made you upset. No, that was a funnier joke than anything in this show. Um, Oh, Ben, you sound actually really sad. I know, because I love Daisy May Cooper. This country right. is... I know you were really excited for this, weren't you? I was. I love Daisy May Cooper. This country was I brilliant. And she was so fun on... Um... That's how we're like a whiny baby. I know. <laughs> this country's so good. And Daisy May Cooper was so good on Taskmaster. Tim Kaye's really funny with the Alan on this time with Alan Partridge. It's written by Steve Coogan and Neil and Rob Gibbons, who wrote this time with Alan Partridge. His premise was all right. Um, it's got a brilliant cast. The idea of witch finding in the 17th century is innately quite entertaining once you get over the fact that many women died. But, um, it just didn't work. It, what about in particular? Was it did it just fall flat or? It should have been more blackaddery. Which I know you loved. Yeah, it just. The jokes weren't landing, the story's quite thin, that didn't help the performances, and it meant there's no heart to it, the episode I've seen. It's but, on BBC Two, isn't it? Yeah, and launching a <laughs> comedy is famously hard, so... This is even more frustrating for me, because I am a big advocate for the BBC, I, you know, and there's this massive political debate going on at the minute about, should we have the BBC and things, and it's the fact that this should have been so good, but then, in your opinion, it's, you know, just wasn't 
good and you know it's obviously you're actually like obviously actually upset by it, it every show me... is hits and misses that's yeah every I know, channel does at the minute can't afford to make these misses really mm. No, I think it can. Um, also, the BBC's helped by the fact that journalism in the Ukraine situation is doing very well. Thank God. There's going yeah. praise of that. Um, I mean, it's a horrible thing that's happening, but, you know, BBC are covering it very well. Yes, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone who's affecting Ukraine. Um, and it feels awful to be moaning about a TV show being disappointing, but yeah. Ben... I think both of us are absolutely knackered. I think I painted a horrible image in your mind about your mother. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast today, everyone. Uh, you can go and check out the written reviews on the RTU Film website. Follow us on Twitter at RTU Film. If you want to get in touch, benheath101 at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a five-star review. That would be very much appreciated. And a comment as well. We'd love that. Anyway, cheers for checking us out. I've been Jake Dar. He's been Ben Heath. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.